Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. We are just, believe it or not, a month away from back to school. And for many kids, uh, going from primary school to secondary school is a massive leap. And for some people, um, it can be very panic inducing as well for parents and for kids. But as parents, what can we do? to make that transition as easy as possible for our children. And joining me now is Eileen Keane Healy, or Haley, Eileen Keane Haley of jumpstartyourconfidence.com. Good morning, Eileen. Hi, good morning, Fiona. How are you? I'm very well. Eileen, it can be a very uh, worrying time for a lot of children because they have the security of being in primary school with their, you know, friends for so long and then all of a sudden they're going to this big school, much bigger, loads of teachers, uh, loads of new kids. And, you know, for some, it can be very a very nervous time. So for parents then, I could, what would be the one thing that you would advise parents to do? Would it be to talk to their children? Well, communication, obviously, is always going to be number one. I think for parents, too, to remember what it was like for them, because a lot of it hasn't really changed. I suppose the big issues that I come across when I'm working with first and second years would be uh, friendship issues. They get stressed about being organized, about having a timetable, about homework. Mm. Um, So friendship is a big thing. And I suppose in my own experience as well, you know, one thing I'd say to parents is when the kids are going in, try and encourage them to talk to everybody not as many people as they can, not to jump into the first group that comes their way because very often that doesn't work out. And when the kids have issues with friends or, you know, I suppose with social media now as well, there can be a bit of nastiness around dropping them out of groups and Mm. WhatsApp groups and whatever. So when this happens, don't undermine it or underestimate it. It is a huge thing for the child. Like there is probably nothing more important than friendships at this age. So all they want to do is to feel that they belong to a group. Mm. But, you know, I suppose trying to give them a little bit of security as well. Like if I'm working with fifth or sixth years and ask them, when do they make their really strong friendships in school? 99% will say from third year on. So it's Mm. explaining to the kids, you're not supposed to have your buddies all sorted out in the first three months. Do you know where they think mm. they do? I know, so and in they secondary think school then, you know, they're developing their personalities and their interests and they might meet kids who are interested in the same things in secondary school that might not have been there when they were in primary school. Oh, 100%. And I think the other part of that too, which is similar to what you're saying, is, you know, try and encourage them not to judge people. Mm. You know, not to, because so-and-so says, oh, you can't be hanging out with her or him or don't be talking to them. Don't take on everyone else's opinion until you get to know the kids 
don't judge people. Give everybody a chance because the people that you feel you mightn't be friends with could end up being your best friends in two years' time. Mm. And that happens so often. Um, but I think as well for parents not to be saying, did you talk to someone today? Did you meet someone today? Do you want to have someone over? Because I, I did that, to be honest, and I actually it was the worst thing I could have done because mm. the kids then have to kind of come up and they're feeling embarrassed and they're feeling isolated and they don't need to be repeating that during the day. When the kids are ready to have friends over, you'll know about it. So should but you very ask them about, your friend, about their friends at all or should you just wait for them to come and well, talk to I you about it? If I'd, I'd kind of say, look, you know I'm here, but have the conversation that the friendship thing doesn't very often happen until later on you know that you just kind of have more, as many acquaintances as you can and when you get to know people better you'll understand who is right for you and who isn't mm. because when you jump into a group so quickly a lot of the kids don't know each other in primary they spent years probably getting to know kids and and then they figured out who was right for them and who wasn't and no you know a lot of them will go in and they'll make friends and the friendships will go different ways or the other side of it Fiona I suppose is when they go in with other kids from their primary school that they presume are going to stay best friends Mm. That doesn't often happen either. So it's kind of preparing them, I suppose, a little bit. Now, there's loads of kids will get on fine. So let's not dramatise it completely for poor parents and kids out there. <laughs> yeah. There's loads of kids will be fine. But it is really important that they do understand they can't be hanging on tight to that one or two friendships that they had in primary. Because, as you say, they will grow. Their interests may change. Their priorities may mm. change. And those friendships might just outgrow each other. And if we have the conversation to explaining that that's a very natural process and it happens everybody at some point. And Eileen, I suppose when they're in sixth class in primary school, they'll have had the same teacher for the whole year, just as they would have in every year in primary school. And now they're going into secondary school and they're going to have a different teacher for each subject. And, you know, there's the fear among some kids that they may not like some of the teachers or they may not get on with some of the teachers. And they probably won't, but your look is in that life. Yeah. And I suppose at least they only have them for one subject. So I'd be putting a positive spin on that one. You know, you mm. like, yes, some teachers you mightn't get on with, others you might. That's, again, a very normal process. And also reminding them teachers are human beings. They might have a bad day. They might come into the school in the morning not in the best of form, which is totally understandable. Yeah. So not to take it also personally either. But the fact that they have them for different subjects. You know, I mean, some kids really struggle in primary because they have a teacher they don't get on with, but they have that teacher all day, every day. So that's never going to happen again. So that's yeah. a kind of, in my view, that's kind of a positive, you know, they, that the teacher moves and switches and they have a variety of people and personalities are different. So obviously they're not going to get on with everybody, probably. Mm. But again, having that positive conversation isn't a great, you know, if you don't really get on with someone, she only have them for an hour a day or 45 minutes or whatever it will be. And then you move on to the next teacher. And I sure, it's a great parent, life you know, lesson, isn't it, for what's ahead? Because <laughs> we don't always is, get on with like everyone. If we don't, no, and they have to learn that. And there's mm. an awful lot they're going to be learning, but we can't smooth it out for them. I suppose in primary school, we have full control. We organise the play dates. We know who they're with. We know where they are. That has That is going to change. And I think from a parent point of view too, let the kids give, you know, we have to kind of let that string go a little bit. Yeah. Just let go just that little bit. Because if the kids think that we're not, a, that they're not able because we're so nervous, then how are they going to feel able, you know? So I think some parents too, like who might have had a bad experience in school, don't presume the same's going to happen to the child because it mightn't. And speaking and of, letting, comes, of cutting the strings and letting them go, I suppose part of it as well is letting them organise their own stuff because I suppose when they're in primary school, parents will probably do all of the getting lunches ready, getting uniforms ready. But you think it's a better yeah. idea when they get to secondary school to let them do all that themselves? Oh, well, it's like... 
uh, it's essential. Mm. I mean, I guess for the first couple of weeks that the parents might want to help out and make sure they're not forgetting ABC, whatever. But I mean, my advice to parents is, you know, get the kids into a routine that you want to continue. So when they finish their homework at the end of the day, let, you know, go through initially, let the parents go through the timetable with them, help them just to figure out what they need the next day. And that means PE gear, activity gear, as well as books and homework. But then they've got to do it themselves because if we keep doing it for them, how are they ever going to be resilient and learn how to fend for themselves? And with the lunches, Fiona, that's kind of become, unfortunately, that can be a big deal. Mm. I'd often say, you know, if they have a good breakfast and they have a good dinner, none of our kids are going to starve. Don't (laughs) get too carried away on what they're having. They can become really conscious about certain smelly foods or noisy foods or someone has braces or whatever it may be. Mm. Let them tell you what they're comfortable eating in school. Otherwise, it's going to end up in the bin anyway. Yeah, because I remember even when I was in school and I love butter and one of my friends didn't like butter and I remember her slagging me off one day about uh, having butter on my sandwiches and then I was refusing to eat my sandwiches after that and um, I had to, I was just like, all of a sudden, I didn't like butter either, you know, and it was just, this is the kind of stuff that goes on, you know. And and it does go on and it's going on more than ever. Mm. Honestly, like I work with so many kids who will not eat in school at all. Mm. You know, and we don't want that to happen. So isn't it better that they eat one or two things, even if it's only one or two snacks that they're comfortable eating rather than us saying, well, where's your lunchbox? Did you finish your lunch? You're not eating enough. Why aren't you eating this? Who cares? They're going to be fine. But the most important thing, I think, is that we know they're comfortable. You know that they're confident in what they're bringing in and not pushing it. It's not it's not the end of the Mm. world if they have a small lunch in the middle of the day in school. Really, they're coming home to a good dinner. They've probably had a good breakfast. You know, if you feel um, and we're not getting into people with issues, that's a different thing entirely. Mm. I'm just saying the everyday thing. You don't want your kids in a situation where people are going, oh, my God, look, that's the one who brings in the smelly sandwiches. Yeah. That's the one who makes so much noise eating whatever. And it and is it's frustrating awful. because, like, I know that, um, you know, you make the lunches for them and then you see the lunch coming back in the lunchbox and you do lose the head a bit because it's like, oh, my God, well, I just well, wasted my time and wasted this food and you're not eating it. Why not? And, you know, as you exactly. said, <laughs> not make them di- decide. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, let them decide, have that conversation, you know, and maybe after the first month, if they're struggling in any way in that way, just sit mm. them down and say, look, what are you comfortable eating? What do you want to bring to school? Have a good breakfast and a good dinner and bring whatever you're comfortable with for your lunch. And speaking, Eileen, of, um, you know, um, teenagers who might say something to somebody because of the smelly sandwich or whatever, what about personal hygiene? Yeah, and I mean, this is important, really, because, again, there is a nastiness out there. And it can be really cruel. And I just feel at this stage, when they go into school and say they pee or they have other activities going on, we really need to make sure that their pee gear is clean, that they're showering, that they're washing. Because if a kid is sweating and their body isn't clean, then that's when they're going to probably smell more. Mm. If they're going in and they're showered and then they have, they're sweating with the gear or whatever, then it's probably going to be fine. Maybe some kids sweat more than others, hormonally, whatever might be going on. Have a small little, you know, those tiny little travel deodorants in the bag, maybe a mm. packet of wipes, you know, just have that stuff in a tiny little pencil case thing at the end of their bag. So they're comfortable. But I do think that conversation is really important. Mm. Absolutely. That they're aware how, you know, that it is important that they're starting their day clean really and I know that might sound very basic now and mm. people were saying honest to God you think we're going to send them in dirty but it's, it's not that it's just they're, they want to be independent we have to give it to them but we also have to give them the tools and we have to put the idea in their head because for people who do suffer a little bit with BO or whatever it might be a lot of the time they don't smell it themselves and that's half mm. the issue yeah 
So it is like so it's, not, it's, not, a it's a difficult conversation to have with anybody. But if you're a parent, um, it is a very important conversation to have with your child. Well, it's much easier for your child to have it with you than yeah. it is to have it with a head a teacher or someone else in the classroom who's giving you grief. You know, it's just one of those things we need to do. Absolutely. And Eileen, if um, if somebody is worried about the amount of homework that they're going to be getting in secondary school, what would you say to them? Oh, I'd say, please don't worry. First off, they don't give them a load of homework. Mm. If they just stay on top of the subjects, so so like say, I'd always say, get your homework done on the night you've had the subject. So if they have maybe French on a Monday and that again until the Wednesday, get it done on the Monday because otherwise that's when it can build up and they get stressed and they've forgotten it or whatever. Mm. But the, to be fair to the schools, they really don't overload it at all. Yeah. If they keep up to date, they'll be absolutely fine. And at the end of the day, Fiona, really like the pressure that can be put on at home and at school is gone off the wall. You know, if our kids are happy and healthy and they have a couple of friends and they're getting on okay, just take a breath and relax a bit. Because if they're get, they could be getting all their homework done and be doing, getting all their A's, but they might be miserable. Yeah. So we have to kind of be aware. I don't think there's a parent out there who their number one priority isn't that their kids are happy. Yeah. So just be careful where you're putting the emphasis on, what you're focusing on, because at the end of the day, they do not need pressure from home. They put it on themselves anyway, regardless, a lot of them will. And don't expect them to, and parents don't expect them to be, you know, sitting for two hours doing their homework and first year. They don't need to be doing that. Mm. They spend however many hours all day in school. You know, there needs to be a balance. Eileen, I suppose um, the big thing really is to not let the little issues become a, a, a big issue really and to, you know, prepare them now by having those conversations with them and going about it then, you know, slowly but surely <laughs> through exactly. the transition and they'll get there. They will get there. And I suppose, Fiona, one other thing is like, I suppose sometimes kids and parents, you know, we can clash and we can argue. And the one person that they are going to take their frustrations out Mm. on is most probably their mum. Like one of mine, when she went into secondary, came home and I was like, oh, my God, what's (laughs) after going on here? Who is this child? But to be fair to her, it was another friend of mine said to me, you know, this is the only safe place she has at the moment. So if she's stressed or upset or whatever, all I'm saying to parents is take a breath. It's not about you. She was feeling like that before she ever, or he, before mm. they ever got home. But this is their safe place. So try not to react. And when they do come in, and if they do come in upset or whatever, and they start talking to you, just keep your mouth shut until they finish talking. Eileen. Because they'll most often, send, yeah. you know, they'll get over it themselves. But we have to just learn that listening without throwing in our advice every second second every second minute because we end up a bit like a broken record <laughs> we do Eileen that's great advice thank you so much for joining me on the opinion line this morning that's Eileen Keane Haley who's director of jumpstartyourconfidence.com and author of The Parent Courts 96 FM Even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.